interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Ghouls and gore. And sometimes a little more. My bloody podcast. <laughs> Welcome everybody to my bloody podcast. Brand new episode for you this week. The very end of March spring has sprung. I'm Brian Kluger and I'm joined by the host with the most, the man who I like to celebrate July 4th with somehow. I don't know. Preston <laughs> Barta. It's a nice day for some white noise. It sure is. Come on, feel the white noise, as Quiet Riot likes to say. Uh, we're going to talk about the new Shudder original movie, The Unheard, directed by Jeffrey A. Brown, who gave us The Beach House, and writers Michael and Sean Rasmussen, who wrote the movie Crawl and The Ward. The Ward is the John Carpenter movie, and Crawl, of course, was the Alligator Florida um hurricane movie uh and this movie stars lachlan watson who do you who's lachlan watson well you might remember her as glenn and glinda from the chucky tv series uh along with nick sandow who was the warden in orange is the new black uh this movie prides itself in its almost somewhat gimmicky horror uh following a girl who became deaf has a ear transplant sort of thing an, an experimental ear transplant to make her hear and then all of a sudden she's getting all these auditory hallucinations there's kind of a serial killer vibe to it there is a supernatural vibe to it um yeah so we've got to kind of got this thing going on you know in horror movies some horror movies like to do uh, kind of a gimmick, like I said, and with this one, really rela- relies on audio cues a lot of the time. So we're going to dive into this movie. Uh, Shutter has given us some really good stuff. Shutter has given us some really bad stuff. We'll see where Unheard falls in the middle. Maybe I don't know. Preston, going into this movie, I think we've heard some good things about it. Um, I will say off the top of the uh, off the top of this show, this movie Unheard is a, just about two hours, maybe a little bit over two hours. In my humble opinion, in my strong opinion, it is definitely way too long. Um, however, I still liked a lot of elements to it uh, and how it went. And we'll get to that. Preston, what did you think? I think that it also was too long. I also think there are a lot of good elements to it. I don't think they all come together in the end. I think what's kind of disappointing about it coming from the writers who did Crawl, and Crawl is a very stripped-down, simple story. A woman and her father against alligators, and they're (laughs) stuck underneath the basement. Like, that's it. That's all you need. True. This one had the potential to do that, where it was a very stripped down, simple story, but it just throws too much on the stack by the end when the reveals come and you know what's what and who's who and all that. 
I think it just gets, I get, I'm a bit disconnected from it. And, but the journey of it all, um, even though it kind of it does spin its wheels a little bit and it takes, you kind of get the same scene a bit over and over, but those moments of dread are good. I just wish that they were a bit different, kind of like, you know, John Wick, John Wick movies. You have a lot of killing scenes, fighting scenes, but yet each moment feels wholly unique here. Not so much the case. Like it, I mean, you do feel it. Like if you're watching this alone in the dark and you have really good sound because the sound in this film is quite good. I think, especially in the beginning when it puts you in the headspace of the central character and you get to hear the world as she does, there's like moments of, a light flickering on you don't know what what that that means for a second you're like oh okay so there you get you you get real pulled into how much vision is important to you and that's it, it's kind of like uh i don't know there's certain movies where something like an a sensory there's like a sensory overload in in a, in in one lo- in one area, whether it is sound or right. images, and so to plug into the images more so, um, because you're tuning out everything that's going on around you, it's unique to kind of plug into that world, uh, which is a long way of getting at that. That's what I really enjoyed about the beginning, but yeah, I think it just kind of comes undone by the end, and I wish it had been more simplified like crawl right like i think if this movie was 90 minutes and it focused on one of the one of the tropes you know because you have a supernatural element and you have a serial killer element to this and the reveal is not great it makes it kind of makes you want to go back and watch some of it i will have to ask side note um since we did this movie on my bloody podcast did you get like flashes of Skinamarink in this in this movie? A little bit, especially with uh, <laughs> it, it, it. It was like it was like the writers had fear of it being too close. Like somebody watching this would be like, "Oh, that's a little too much like Hush." So let's not make that like Hush. That's a little bit like um, uh, Poltergeist, or something right? Like yeah, because there's an and- element in this where the main character her auto her new hearing she is having hallucinations so like poltergeist she can hear her mom talking through the static tv the vhs tapes yeah. you know stuff like that a la white noise or something yeah yeah so there, there's that, that poltergeist thing to it but that's where it begins and ends pretty much um but the the, the skinamarink stuff where i'm talking about where skinamarink was very avant-garde or just like plain yeah. bad um <laughs> it just that had some of that visuals of it where it's like you know uh like crazy tracking like a vhs tape and you were just seeing things like from a home movie type of thing i tell you if i was that girl and i was watching home videos like that i would not have the patience for that Right. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. And this is somebody who grew up in that time. <laughs> yeah. I, I I was the kid that was constantly hitting the tracking and then I would get too frustrated if it wasn't good enough. Uh, it's bad tape. Sorry. 
No, I, I hey, I remember when I first. Oh, this is side note. Uh, never mind. Let's <laughs> talk about the okay. first time I got my DVD player and my first DVD. I was like, no tracking. This is clear as can be. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're after. They all have to mess with that tracking button at all. Oh, yeah, that's but, funny. But yeah, but, they 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 lean a little too much into that, like getting lost, like going down this. Like if they had, it's it's like those things on like Instagram or TikTok every once in a while that you'll see where they have like a really good electronic beat going and it's just trying to do something weird for some for weird sake. Yeah. I, it, yeah. It leans a little too much into that um, without a lot to grab from it. it. It is. So basically in this movie called Unheard, we kind of see this young uh girl uh i guess i mean i guess she's early 20s as i'm guessing because we'll get to this in a second of uh lachlan watson yeah lachlan watson she has to be in her early 20s because there's a a film there's a a romance in the movie that doesn't make sense to me um (laughs) but uh she seems younger than she is in the movie and she's deaf she goes to um, a doctor that says, hey, we have this brand new experimental procedure that will regrow your ear hormones, so to say, and you'll be yeah. able to hear. Yeah, it was like, uh, what was it? Like stem cell, like a stem cell virus injection that would infect the areas that had damage to the ears. Like you, you did not have cells regrowing I, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor, so I can't really talk about it. In a what are you talking about? You're Doctor Preston. <laughs> <laughs> to my wife, um, um, audit, auditory cell growth. Um, so it just it it like infects these areas, but regrows them, um, so she can uh, slowly start to get her hearing back. Hearing back, and so as this happens. Kind of like in that VHS short where the guy gets an eye transplant and he starts to see these um, these visual hallucinations of something like sinister. She starts to get these auditory hallucinations and they start through the TV and she's like, what is this? What's happening? There's a mother. So she goes back to her hometown because that's where the procedure is. And then we find out that her mother vanished years ago. And then people around her town start to uh, die, start turn up dead in vicious ways. And you see that there's kind of like a killer on the loose. Like he's dressed all in black. You don't know who it is. And uh, as the movie goes on and it's overly long, two hours, she starts to get uh, Lachlan starts to get more of these hallucinations. She starts to kind of unravel the mystery and what's going on. And by the end, uh, you see the reveal, you see kind of the twist and stuff like that. And I don't know. I, it just seems like the director here, um, Brown, who gave us the beach house, which I really liked. It didn't, I I couldn't tell if he was wanting to go a specific direction with this and be like ballsy and bold, but like kind of pulled back on a lot of elements. And maybe I don't know if it was budget reasons or if he got, uh, too scared to like really enhance that those auditory cues because in the beginning it's like you're, everything's almost silent and I think that would have really been better throughout the whole movie um, in that uh, in that aspect but I don't know what what really happened with it um, and then again having supernatural having serial killer and it kind of 
not mixing well in this, Um, even though they worked separately. I don't know. Uh, I I just, it it was hard to find its footing. And I think uh, the journey itself, there are some good, good suspenseful moments. I don't know if it really stuck the landing though, Preston. Yeah. It's hard to talk about how I truly feel about it with, without revealing all of what happens, but yeah, you're right. The, the supernatural element, I think I was most engaged with that. I think if it had focused purely on that, didn't bring in the whole serial killer plot, I think it would have worked just fine. Uh, I mean, like probably once we get to our spoiler discussion, I have a little more to say about like what perhaps they could have done. Um but uh, yeah, L- uh, Lachlan Watson, she gives a really good performance, especially when it comes to some of the dramatic, real dramatic beats of the film. There's a moment where she does get her hearing back. She calls her dad and just that whole exchange over the phone, which has not happened since her uh, condition um, that that caused her to become to lose her hearing. Um that was a very sweet moment and I liked the pace of it. It was kind of slow, but it felt very natural, uh, a natural progression to be able to like, she had a draw. She had a reason for why she wanted her hearing back uh, more so than just like, Hey, I lost it. I want it back. There, there was uh, some odd connection that she was having to her mom. And I liked all the, I liked all the stuff with because she had hearing at one point in her life, she has memory like a, a sonic memory where she'll have dreams or there are moments when she's out and about most of the time in this film, she's like out in this remote location where her, I get is it, it's a, it's her dad's, house house i think so that's what i gathered from it i don't know if it was because it seems like she's at home yeah like uh, a childhood home I think. right in her home in her old hometown yeah yeah so so her standing outside kind of taking in nature and so the movie for a good portion of it would la- allow you to hear this kind of muffled sound uh, for all the moments where she's just by herself, whenever uh, her doctor comes into the picture or this handyman that's a friend of her dad's named Hank comes into the picture, sound kind of creeps back in. Um, so it, all that kind of stuff was really well done. Um, and I thought if they would have capitalized a little bit more on just focusing on the logic of it all and then i think that was like a strong suit in the probably the first half of the movie or so but then it just kind of there's so much mechanics to its complexity that it needs to deal with that it focuses more on that and that's not what I wanted. Um, Right. Do you think it established like the rules of horror? Like, I mean, there's always rules of like what it can do, but like in this auditory. It felt kind of random. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. And again, I think we like the Rasmussen's. I think we like Jeffrey a Brown in horror, but yeah, they're certainly capable of doing right. What what do you, what do you think went, 
I'm really trying to figure it out because the movie on paper and a lot of the moments really do work here. Do you think it was just trying to find like, if it was something like we want to keep this in the supernatural range, but no, no, you have to add a serial killer to it. You have to add like this to it. it was like, I don't get it. Cause shutter usually I, lets it. Yeah. Fly. I, I th- yeah. I think, I think that's why I was saying like, it feels maybe there was a fear of it feeling like a greatest hits compilation of horror, all those films that we've already mentioned. And they're they probably had that they have a nugget of here that feels like a could be what could be a really good simple story yet maybe there was a fear there that it would be too much like this or they just didn't know where it could go because as i'm trying to think of like the direction they probably could have taken this in i still don't know I, I'm not a screenwriter, like I've said before on this podcast, but I I feel like it still could have gone in that direction and still been would have been an effective movie, but maybe they felt like it would be too much like um I don't I don't think white noise is like a great movie, but there's something like in the poltergeist poltergeist kind of realm that they could have dealt with. And I think there's been enough space since then where they can kind of play with that a little bit in the same way that it follows plays with, you know, like Halloween and in that kind of vibe, like it could have, it could have just used vibes from those films without narratively being a carbon copy of it. Right. I, I, I think so too. Um, One thing that really works that I really liked about the movie is, uh, Todd or uh, Jeff Brown's um, direction. I I mean, he's so capable with the camera and I just think some of the, the, the camera movements and stuff like that and how you elevate horror with your visuals and the camera really worked here. I thought. Yeah, there was, there was some really good shots in here, especially in the beginning when it, when it's her by herself in the house and you're as an audience member being like all right where is the shadows where's the people like you're you're just looking for all that and i i think he did a pretty good job at subverting our expectations a little bit throughout those moments um and especially in the beginning half again with making us understand like i mentioned at the top with focusing a lot on the visuals like the things that she would notice um when she doesn't have her hearing was really interesting and then it just kind of expands a little bit when when she does get her hearing we get to clue in a little bit more on those things that we tune out in our lives such as a squeaky wheel or something as somebody's going by you're what you're just kind of pressing on we've learned to kind of tune all those things out and there'll be like a good line of dialogue like um there was a moment where she says, uh, Chloe, that the world is a very noisy place. And then Hank, who she happens to say that to, is like, you know, it really is. And so those are just like, those are the really, really nice moments that I I, I wish that the movie had more of. It just really felt like 
they didn't know exactly what to do. Even some of the characters, they didn't even know what to do with them. Uh, Dr. Lynch, Joshua, it just kind of, I don't, and then you joked at the top about the 4th of July, that just kind of comes out of nowhere a little bit too, uh, which is like the final line in the movie. And it's, um, it's repeated over and over. And I was like, what's yeah. happening? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it's like, it's, it's like they lost, they lost, their handle on so many of the things. And then they were just like trying to mush it around in a way to make you feel like, kind of like skin Marine yeah. where you think there's more going on, but really there's maybe there's not, maybe, um, maybe there's it's not. Just, yeah. It's just bad filmmaking or bad storytelling. So it, it so you're right about comparing it to skin Marine in, in that way. So maybe some people by the end of it might get lost in some of those like pixelated white noise TV stuff that they do. And you're like, Oh, I haven't quite seen anything like this before, but then I don't know. I, I don't necessarily call myself a casual viewer or anything. I, I, I feel like I watch quite a bit of movies um, to be able to just say like, Hey, I really think you're trying to dangle something out there, but there was nothing there, man. It was hollow fruit. It was hot. Yes. Yes. I, I will say like one, one little visual cue that I really liked how they did. It was, t- it's towards the end, you know, on the latter half of the movie. And it's actually how um, the serial killer thing was shot with, you see this girl walking out of her house to her car. And instead, yeah. you know, usually you see like her walking in the car and then a figure f- appear behind, but everything was kind of filmed on the ground underneath yeah. the car and you just see feet. I thought that was so effective. I really liked that. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there, there are areas here that like we've said that, that are really good. And perhaps if they did solely a movie about a serial killer, it would have been really good and they probably would have uh, accomplished a lot of effective moments like that one. So yeah, I agree with you. It reminded me of a, that eighties movie night school that had like an all black uh, leather gloves on and a knife Uh, does wear a uh, a motorcycle helmet, but that's a really good movie that I don't know if we've covered on this podcast, but we should at some point if we haven't, but really good. Um, So it reminded me a bit of that. And so, yeah, yeah, there are some really solid moments in this. And so at the end of the day, can I say that I recommend this before we may get a little more into the spoilers? I just don't know. Like there's like a there, there's so many good moments like that we've already covered here in, in Lachlan Watson performance. Uh, so I was so, going to ask about Lachlan's performance. Well, what yeah. do you think? Yeah. What what do you think about her? Because I love her in the in the Chucky TV series as this is. That was the first thing I really saw her in that I remember. And she's, then coming here is, I think she's pretty good in this. Yeah, she's really good. Uh, she's also in the the show that I saw her first and was the Chilling uh, Adventures with Sabrina. She's really oh, good yes. in that. Um, so, yeah, she she reminds me of uh, uh, Pamela Adelon's daughter uh, that was just in Sick. Oh, uh, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so she seems like she could be a part of like the craft or something like that. She has that kind of uh, presence to her. So I think she would be really good in uh, more roles like this or something uh, within the the horror genre. I think she's really good in this field. And so, yeah, I think she's she's great. She's probably the best aspect of the entire movie to me. 
She is. She definitely is. She really holds this movie together. She is the glue. I will have to ask, though, as we have talked already on this show about some of the things that don't work, we mentioned a romance. So there is a romance between this main character played by Lachlan and the doctor who you meet in like the first scene, her doctor that's doing the procedure on her ear. Mm -hmm. And it almost comes out of nowhere and then it goes nowhere, but they yeah. kind of develop this relationship. And I mean, what do you think about this? It's, it's another thing. It's like, did they try to do something and they pulled off on it? It's like, well, we, we, we don't have money for this or I, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't, I don't know what the thought process was behind that. It, it feels awkward and weird. And I just wanted like, a paternal almost kind of a paternal relationship between them a little bit like this she, like the doctor made it very clear that this is this is the uh I, I feel like we probably should put a slight minor spoilers not i but we've kind of discussed quite a bit even even discussing this romance is a bit of a minor spoiler so maybe we should just open up the spoilers right here um Boiler so, alert there you go um so there's there's a uh i can't even think of where i was going with that um there so we're talking about the relationship what was i talking about man i completely lost my train of thought you were, t- you were we were going to talk about the romance and the relationship between the two the two yeah. women yeah uh I, yeah i, I can't think of, so I'll i'm just... seeing preston grow old in front of me right now <laughs> yeah yeah hey they're, they're they're the shin hair is finally starting to go gray it's a very strange thing so, welcome uh, to my world <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so, so, so let, yeah do you, do you have a do you have did you find it I didn't find that thought, but I think I'll find it along the way. But uh, I'll just say that, yeah, that relationship didn't work for me because it it just felt like they were just putting putting something out there. And I really wanted it to, like I said, to be more of a. Um, oh, and, and now I know what it was. It, it, it happened. Was, it came back. <laughs> it <Yeah>. came back. <laughs> Um, so she, the doctor said that this was the only successful operation that they've done where somebody could hear from it. Uh, I don't, we don't know how many cases, uh, or subjects also have signed up for this experiment, um, in slash study, but she's the only one. That's what we're told by Dr. Lynch, uh, to Chloe. And so that whole thing and her wanting to kind of protect her subject or protect her study case here is something that makes logical sense to me. Them having a romantic relationship with each other doesn't. And it just kind of clouds things just for, just to cloud them. And I don't, and I don't like that. I wish, I wish it was a little more straight lined and um, stuck more to emotional and also uh, mental logic here. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I I wish it did too. And again, you know, we're we're going back to what was first written 
and what was written during production or given notes to like, oh, we have to add an LGBTQ relationship. Oh, we have to add a serial killer aspect. Oh, we have to add this. And then it this seems like maybe this was a 90 minute movie, but they had all these things and we had to make it two hours. I don't know. I just, it seemed like they had a good idea. And if they wanted to expand it, do what you just said. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So to me, I think the movie would have been better if it did not have the serial killer. She was just having these sensory memories of her mom. And then it just completely like it almost it almost turns into like a cool, like unbreakable story. I don't know if I want it to go like the superhero route, but just the just the uh, thought of them doing this experiment and putting a, a essentially injecting her with this virus and then it like um what was that movie uh kind of like limitless or even that tv show that came out with samuel jackson that had to deal with like people who are losing their memory have complete access to their memories like right. her be, being able to have like almost like superhuman hearing right like it would she, be kind and of she, and she could like hear into all the the crimes that happened in the area. Well, it's still... like unbreakable. It's almost like a Sherlock Holmes thing, but he had, yeah. but she could have this hearing where she could hear, you know, not like she... see dead people, but hear dead people type exactly. of thing. Exactly. <laughs> and like maybe, yeah, help become, become a detective. I don't know if I wanted to go that route, but like there's potential there for it to go that way. I didn't like that the spirit world was assigned to a single location. I thought right. that was kind of dumb. I, I wanted it to be kind of like open to where she could hear it anywhere. And that's just what made it unique. Um, and she didn't want to quite share that secret uh, outside of her doctor. And like maybe even her doctor wanted to be like, oh, this is what's happening. We're going to have to kill this experiment because it's going further than where it needs. We need to find like a happy medium with it. And they continue to do the the research for it. Um but yeah, uh, so I think I think if they would have focused on a little more of that and just completely 86, the serial killer stuff, which, you know, like any kind of mystery killer film, you have fun along the way of being like, oh, it could be Joshua, her old friend from when she grew up with and who's kind of an odd guy, like he's still staying uh hangs around town and still lives with his mom. He's, uh, which is also the kid from the guest, by the way. Right. Yes, it is. And he's great in this. Um, yeah, but they didn't know what to do with him by the correct. Correct. Um, so, uh, it's, it's fun to be like, Oh, point your fingers at him. Oh, it could also be Hank, the, the, the handyman that's, uh, that's friends with her dad, um, who used to be a police detective and then you kind of think it's the doctor a little bit too, but then it, it, I was thinking a little more about that. Like they were kind of hinting at that a little bit and like maybe the doctor was kind of behind this, like, Oh, that's the, that's why there was a wired mic in her house and stuff. Like they're really trying to test her to have complete knowledge of what's going on. Um, and they don't want anything to interfere with their subject here. Uh, but the the thought of her like wanting something on top of just the science behind her experiment just didn't seem quite logical to me. So yeah, it ends up being 
uh hank yeah the, hand, the handyman guy and uh he kind of has he's kind of hears the voices too i guess uh, he kind of has this i don't know god complex a little bit like just feels like he's doing uh work f- for the spiritual world or something i i i, I don't know it's kind of a little hazy with with that stuff but yeah all that's all that kind of thing like when she's like locked up in the bathroom and realizes that it's probably 100 percent this guy he's he's trying to make me feel comforted but it's just right like, he's there in in that moment yeah exactly um so yeah all that stuff just felt like okay we're getting into the you know routine of things that we've already seen previously like the rental or whatever um and uh yeah i i again just wish that that whole area that whole connection with hank and all that uh wasn't there no i i yeah it shouldn't have been um because it's just the reveal and what happens because it's it's almost anticlimactic you know it, it is very well i mean we know what he ends up dying like she he he gets kind of for some odd reason the tv clicks so that's what happened we're talking about it's random like the rules aren't quite understood as to like when when her connection with the spiritual world will open up most of the time it comes through the tv clicking on late at night and maybe the tape of her home video home videos are still in the tape player and so there's like a reason a door that's open to to it so i i can't I, but again that's just an assumption i don't know i don't know what else is really going on because joshua's picking up on it that so when you think that he's the serial killer who has like all these tacks on his wall and pictures and videos and stuff like that you're like oh shit it's this guy um but then he's actually just kind of Cluing into all this stuff too doesn't have her ability to be able to have a real direct line to the spiritual world. Like he just has, he's from the outside kind of seeing a little bit of what these oddities happening. Um, so yeah, I'll just keep going. No, no, that's what it is. I, his death scene seemed anticlimactic to me too. I mean, you, that's, it's like the one part of the movie where you do get that little, you know, little half pint of blood spurred out. Yeah. (laughs) But it's just kind of like, it just happens and there's like no big crescendo. There's no, it just kind of happens and it's done. And then, you know, two seconds later, the movie ends. Yeah. Like when he gets stabbed and then, uh, Chloe, Chloe kind of saves them both uh, from getting killed by Hank because some random event is happening where the TV clicks on and then like her mom's like maybe interfering or something, doing some Harry Potter shit with uh, like, like his, like Harry Potter's parents, like trying to hold back Voldemort. So like, right. Take care of business. Um so it kind of had that vibe to it, I guess. I guess that's what was happening. Like maybe she had more of a control to deal with the white noise and not he didn't really so much. And so that's why she had the upper hand to slice his throat at the end to make sure he, to, to see that he died. Um, but then we cut over to, um, pun intended, to uh, Joshua, who's been gutted, but he's still alive in this moment. She's Chloe's trying to call the police and the TV clicks back on and it's just like, 
Are you trying to tell us that her mom has no empathy for humans at all to see that maybe Joshua could make it first before some senseless message comes across, which yeah. is 4th of July? I don't know. Say what happy 4th of July. Say happy for have a 4th of July. <laughs> I was just like, wait, does that happy mean she's still here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, does that mean she's still here? She's still I I'm trying I was trying to figure that out. And then it just ends and it's like, okay, what did we learn, Burn After Reading? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Absolutely. Uh yeah, yeah. It's just frustrating. It's really frustrating that 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 that's the case. And so it's fr- it's more frustrating because the movie did have potential and it had great moments to it. And 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 but that 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 tends to be the case with a lot of horror movies. Like they'll they'll be a good journey, but the destination could be shit. But even if the destination shit is the journey worth it, I don't right. know. There's 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 still there's there's pieces of the journey that are worth it here, but I don't know if it completely warrants you spending two hours and five minutes or two hours of because it's like five minutes of credits. So pretty much exactly two hours of your time uh doing this i don't know yeah that's Uh, what i was gonna ask do you would you recommend this to somebody because i mean we all recommended the other shutter movie speak no evil because that movie's just pretty much perfect um I'll, i'll say that i recommend it solely to filmmakers so they can see that lachlan watson is a true talent and that there you to go. put her in in some good movies for audience members. I don't know. Right there, you go. There you go. Yeah, another perfectly said. Um, Lachlan Watson. This is a good thing for her resume. As you can see, she holds the movie together and put her in more. Uh, otherwise, this kind of this movie, you know, for the casual viewer, it's like you're looking for a good horror movie. I think you'll be disappointed. I think you might fall asleep. I think you might have questions like, why is this happening? Oh God, that was not great. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you're if you're like queuing this up for like a late Friday night watch. Yeah, there's there's potential that you could fall asleep. Um, but then again some of that being like stirred around a little bit might make you more interested. I mean, I, I stayed into it all the way to the end because at this point I just needed to see how it all wrapped up um, outside of like having to talk about this on the podcast. Um, So yeah. Yeah. Just, just pretty frustrating overall, but there are some really shining aspects to it, but maybe it could just be a, shows real for Lachlan Watson and that's okay. Yeah, that is okay. It's on shutter right now. If you have shutter, um, you can watch it there. It is called unheard and we are my bloody podcast. I'm Brian Kluger. You can find me at highdefdigest.com. You can find me at Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also check me out on the radio. Wednesdays, noon till two, Soundtracks Radio, Electromagnetic Radio, and also on Preston and I's other podcast, Fear, Loathing, and Cinema podcast, and also Preston Barta, the man, the myth, the legend. You can hear him. <laughs> he's not unheard of. Uh, he's at the <laughs> Denton Record Chronicle. He's at freshfiction.tv. He's Blue Ray Dad on Instagram, and he's Preston Barta on Twitter and on YouTube. Check out his reviews and interviews. You will love them. And we will be back next week with another horror movie.